John, welcome to the Building and Growing Podcast. We're delighted to have you here today. Hi, Lucas. Thanks for having me. Most welcome. (laughs) John is the CEO of Finder UK. Um, So thank you so much for joining us today, John. Um, I know you've been working in the digital arena for a very long time. Can you tell us about your story and how you came to Finder? Sure, makes me sound terribly old. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, let's uh, wind it back to 1997. And I'd actually uh, just graduated um, from an engineering degree. I was uh, sponsored by Ministry of Defense at uni and um, I went into my first job, which was military intelligence. Wow. Um, which was fun, um, interesting budgets and interesting work. And um, do you know Spooks, that old TV the show? TV on show. I, I remember it. Yeah. I was like the really geeky guy with a computer behind oh, the okay. scenes. That was me. I wasn't the cool guy with a gun. I was like the way at the computer. Oh, so, far out. But so we, uh, very yeah. important guy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess we had um, uh, like classified intranets yes back then and that's sort of how i got into like html and what was going on with 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 the internet in general and um i actually built a website back then for my wife's company she was working at yes just as like at the weekend um a little bit of side money a project as a a fresh grad um and and then got in got into that and um and then actually went went backpacking okay went to australia and new zealand Great choices. Um, yeah, very, very nice, very nice times. And um, it took me like 15 years to come back. Yeah, <laughs> so I ended yeah. up starting a number of businesses down there. Okay. And and in the digital arena, so in digital marketing and and development and those, and those sorts of uh, companies. And um, yeah, and I guess things 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 evolved. And um, and then yeah, eventually did come back to the UK eventually with uh, with a couple of kids that I had down there. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah. And yeah, and and, uh, and got them to find her. That's it. That's incredible. I mean, you know, starting off uh, in military intelligence, I'm sure it was a different time back then in in '97 compared to uh, to now. But you know, we we won't dive too much <laughs> into that. Um, but yeah, a lovely entrance into you know the the world of the internet, particularly as it was taking off. Um, and you know, great that uh, you you got to spend time out in in uh, Australia and New Zealand. Um, so you came back to the UK. Um, how did you get involved in uh, launching Finder in the UK? Yeah, it was a funny story. So I uh, yeah, came back in 2014 and, and I actually set up a, a digital marketing agency here before Finder for um, an, some guys I knew in Australia. Okay. Did that for a couple of years and then we sold that business. Yes. And then Fred, who's one of the founders of Finder, um, gave me a call um, and asked me, oh, would you like to launch Finder in the UK. So Finder is, is the leading comparison site in Australia. Yes. Um, and um, um, we've, I guess we've been on, uh, all the guys have been on a bit of a global expansion at that stage. So yes. they launched into the US the year before. Um, and Fred and, uh, and Frank, um, the, the founders, knew me from back in 2007 when we'd, I'd sold my digital marketing agency, mm-hmm. the same Australian business that they'd sold their digital web development business too yes so we'd worked together for maybe a year during our earnouts back in 2007 okay and at the same time fred had started this blog yes like a credit card student blog uh, back in the day and that was the the seed that turned into to finder which finder, is now yeah. you know 400 plus people around the world and in 20 plus countries that's so, incredible so yeah so we knew each other which you know fred, fred gave me his, his trust to launch here and uh, the rest the rest is uh, 
history. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. And look, it, very, very interesting how a transaction in 2007 then led to, um, you know, you launching Finder in the UK. You mentioned, um, you know, trust uh, uh, there. Um, it'd be really good to explore um, how millions of people in the UK are using Finder in order to help them make complex decisions. Um, so how do you scale trust um, to all of those people? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a very, very good point. And, um, and I think, you know, this day and age, you have to be authentic. Mm -hmm. I think people see through just marketing spin and, and, and that sort of thing straight away. So people are looking for authentic, trusted sources of information. Yes. And, and I guess that comes from our values. Mm -hmm. So I think by having, you know, having strong values as a company and then having sort of structures that, that come from those. So, you know, empowering people is, is one of our values um, yes. that, you know, both internally and externally that we, we really live by. And um, we have very, very strong editorial um, team mm -hmm. um, and it's sort of a bit of a church and state. Yes. So you have the independence of the editorial team, which are 100% objective. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have our, our more commercial team, yes. which deals with the, the, the fintechs and the providers that we might um, promote on across the website. Okay. Um, but we, we definitely have sort of a, a full market approach. Yes. So we want to review in any one sector, if that's digital banking or if it's share trading, we want to review every provider yes. in the UK objectively, mm -hmm. provide that information for people to find and use. Um, and then, you know, that builds an audience, it builds trust. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, transparently, we do work with those providers to, um, you know, to help, uh, you know, bring them to an audience and explain what they're doing and yes. why they're better at this and th these guys are better at that and, and, and really finding the right, the right customers for the right provider and the right provider for the right customers. So it's, it's sort of, uh, you know, good, good balance. Yeah, fantastic. And you've sort of alluded to some of those agreements that you might have with, uh, you know, let's say those, those fintechs. Are you able to provide um, members of the audience, I'll say, for example, my parents, you know, who might be listening, um, a, a bit of background or context as to what types of agreements they might be? Um, how, how do fintechs and finder engage in commercial relationships yeah so all of our um, relationships are, are pretty much on a performance basis mm -hmm. so this means we only get paid if if we deliver some sort of valuable action to the provider the yes. fintech um, and that just makes it an easier decision for them to work with us because it's sort of shared risk we're not just going to take their money and then not deliver anything so we might get paid when someone clicks on a link Mm -hmm. a bit like Google gets paid when you click on one of those links at the top of Google. Google um, charges its advertisers a, a cost for every click. Yes. Um, so some of our deals might be like that. Mm -hmm. um, we might work with, with providers where if um, we get paid when they acquire a new customer that we yes. refer to them. So we don't get paid for the click. But then if that customer likes what they see and they sign up and they transact with that business, if it's an insurance business or if it's a share training business or, or a digital bank, mm -hmm. then we would get paid uh, a fee for that new customer. Yes. Um, and those are the typical models. There's other models like revenue share. Yes. Where we get a, we get a, a percentage of, of, of the customer's transactions if they're trading. Mm -hmm. um, so different types of model for different types of advertiser, just making it really easy yes. for providers to work with us. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, and that's, that's, that's how the, how we pay for the free content because the site's all free. Yes. So, so, um, and having some of the, some of the providers working more closely with us, Yes. Um, then, then, then that's how we can afford to, to 
archive all these writers and reviewers and editors that, that produce all the great content. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks so much for that. And look, many fintechs use Finder as a key distribution channel. Um, are you able to sort of talk about the ways that you know you supported them throughout the recent fintech boom? Um, you've alluded to different ways that you partner with them, uh, uh, you know, in a commercial way, but are there other ways that you support um, uh, the fintechs? I guess we support them by educating, you know, the general public and, and the, the audience about the product. It might yes. be about genetically about the product, like buy now, pay later. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a new product. No one, you know, when it was launched, no one really understood what it was. Yes. So there's, you know, so we, we take on that sort of independent education. It's like when you should use it, when you shouldn't use it, what you should look out for, how it works. Yes. The pitfalls, the benefits. So very objective uh, editorial about just the new product class. And fintechs are normally in a new a new line of business. They're trying to disrupt Indeed. the market. So, you know, they, they, they know what they do. Yes. explaining that to to others in a way that's that's digestible is i guess you know where we spend a lot of time yes um and then once once we've provided that information to our audience mm-hmm. is you get down to the individual products mm. and so that's where traditional comparison comes in so if there's fees how do those fees compare to other providers yes uh, and, and making that that kind of comparison objective um but we also do sort of like best buy Mm-hmm. You know, our editorial team, you know, we'll have like 200 criteria and we'll go through all of the providers in a particular category. Yes. And then we'll rate them for different things. So some products are better for beginners, like simple, easy to use, nice UX, mm-hmm. but they might not have all the advanced features. Yes. And then some products might be great for experts or, you know, for the next stage, mm. but they're not very easy to use if you're new to that category. Yes. So, so you know, we tend to have those sort of best buys for, for different types of people based on what they're looking for so they can find the best product. Okay, fantastic. And certainly myself, when browsing the website, I've seen, you know, different categories there, particularly, um, you know, let's say uh, with business bank accounts, I know that, you know, you've got particular criteria around, let's say, if they're sending money overseas or, you know, um, in the personal finance section, the types of products people are looking for. So it's great that, you know, you guys have got them categorized. Yeah, yeah, you often you know, they often all look the same on the surface. Yes, and then it's only when you really get into a category you really understand there are actual big differences between companies that could look like they're offering the same product. Yes, um, and it's really us doing all the hard work because you don't want to go out and test like ten different that's banks, right. you yeah. know, to, to see which one works best for you. You know, so that's that's what we do for you. Exactly. Yeah, that would take a lot of time, and and also one of the other things which always surprises me is just how many different companies exist even within some niche categories yeah some categories get very quickly get quite crowded yes you know ultimately there'll be a consolidation phase some will make it some won't make it and that, and, the, and those sorts of things but um we've definitely noticed that over the years in in a lot of these new categories you know all the ones we've mentioned you know business banking has become very crowded very competitive yes you know digital banking you know crypto forex trading all of these, all these categories get get full quite quickly, and then eventually there'll be some some consolidations, and the best ones will, will kind of bubble to the top. Yes, absolutely, and I I think we're seeing that now, particularly let's say in the the, the fintech space. Um, mm. uh, you know, there were a lot of providers out there, particularly sort of pre-COVID, um, but I think there's been a bit of a flattening out of the market. Yeah, I, I think there's you know, you know just with you know the market's changed a lot, as you alluded to earlier. We had we had COVID and, yes. and we had what was quite um, um, what maybe what you wouldn't expect in that actually a lot of people had more disposable income. Yes. And, and yeah. more time. 
yes. um, because they were in lockdown, they weren't paying the, for the tube, they weren't paying to commute, and they actually had this extra cash. And and that's a, you know a lot of that went into you know people getting into share trading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and married up the same time as these more user friendly, like the kind of Robin Hoods in the US, and then you know the kind of the free trades and entire yes. yeah. offering those those products. And that was that was one of the the big booms. Obviously, the crypto boom as well. So yes, it kind indeed. of happened at the same time. Yeah. Stirred up by Reddit and a lot of speculative <laughs> investing. Wall so Street bets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wall Street bets. That was huge. Um, so there was a, there was a lot of that very strange mm. activity. And I guess you know, you know, we we obviously spend a lot of time educating. And it's like it's great to you know have some play money yes. and play around with some meme stocks. That's or meme coins, whatever you want to do. That's fine if you yeah. don't mind losing the money. That's awesome. But I guess. Um, we found it introduced, especially younger audience, into investing. And yeah, mm. they might have lo- lost some money on Dogecoin. Hopefully, only only you know only a little bit of pocket money, but <laughs> it got them into thinking about investing. Yes, and and I think that's really important. That's like you know then you can have conversations around their pension and if don't opt out if you <laughs> of your auto enrollment pension scheme. Indeed, <laughs> how much that would cost you over over a lifetime if you did do that. So you know it gets it gets them in the game, gets them thinking more about those sort of products and and, and making their money work for them. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the journey that we want to take our members on, is um, you know, um, you know, help them out with their first purchase, but then educate and show them, give them other options and more options as they as they kind of develop. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think you know two points I'll I'll touch upon from that. The first one is um, because you mentioned pensions, and that's not something that gets enough, let's say, <laughs> airtime. I know that you know previously being a trustee director of a pension scheme myself member engagement is a huge challenge for them so the fact that finder is able to you know nudge people towards that when they might be looking at you know a credit card or or, or an investment is fantastic um the second point uh that i'd like to elaborate on and it's the one that you mentioned earlier was about consumer behavior during the pandemic you mentioned that people had more time um, due to the lockdowns and also more money more disposable income let's say as a result of reduced spending um fast forward a couple of years <laughs> we're now <Too> changed. <laughs> that's right that's <laughs> right and it's almost the opposite uh, on um uh on fast forward and steroids um uh, so you know we've got a, a high inflationary market um which is reducing let's say uh, people's effective disposable income um, because of the price of goods and we're also seeing um, people return to the office and so you know they may have less time um, in the current market uh, what sort of changes in consumer behavior are you seeing yeah it has been a full a turn of a full 360 hasn't it or 180 <laughs> uh, I should say um, and yeah so we have um, seen people obviously concerned about maybe their mortgages yes yeah obviously with interest rates going up and there's probably a little bit more to go on that um so that's that's been a big uh concern for people and 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 we've certainly seen lots of people um you know researching if they can get a better rate and 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 those and or fixing rates so there's a bit less volatility down the road Mm -hmm. um so that's been a big thing personal uh credit um had had demand for that i think it's just gone back to pre pandemic levels actually dropped off a lot again because no one was spending money on holidays and and those sorts of things and so new cars you can't buy a new car yeah because of the supply issues (laughs) so there was um a lot of people paying down debt Mm. and a lot of people weren't weren't taking on debt obviously with the cost of living and you know people commuting and people starting to to get back into to things 
um, definitely more strain on on the cash flow. Yes, and, and certainly we've seen yeah um, levels which were quite high pre you know credit levels were quite high, probably too high, and they've kind of returned to those those levels. Um, so yes. obviously people are trying to find you know the best credit option for them and there's lots of different products these days as well which you know and some of them are more complex than others yes um, but it's certainly worth understanding all your all your options and and which providers and then also you know your credit score and how that impacts onto the the deal you can get yes so that's that's you know that's one of the challenges that that people might find is getting access to the best products can be quite difficult if you don't if you don't have a uh, a long credit history yes um, and that's especially affects younger people that probably have more strain on their disposable income yeah. they find it harder to get a good credit deal and often get you know shortchanged so helping helping consumers you know on that path and finding the best possible outcomes is is sort of what what we're focused on at the moment yeah absolutely and you know um i think very good points on mortgages uh and how yeah the increase in interest rates will um affect uh, uh amount of money that people need to repay um and 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 credit just diving you know slightly away from things um uh you mentioned credit scoring and i think it's a, a very interesting piece because lower income individuals um who you refer to let's say um uh somebody who's just leaving uni or at uni they might not be making mortgage payments on a house they might be paying um rent and I, I know there have been a couple of providers that have entered the market previously that say, look, you know, we're going to use, um, you know, rent payments as um, uh, a credit scoring tool. Yep. Um, you know, you've been in, in this industry, uh, you know, around the fintech industry for a while. Do you see um, improvements in terms of credit scoring methods here in the UK or do you think overseas markets are doing it better? I think the UK is doing a pretty good job, um, but it takes time. Yes. So, you know, I, I was talking to a lot of the, you know, the open banking, yes. powered affordability kind of uh, scoring mm-hmm. of consumers and, and lenders have been taking that data for a couple of years now. Yes. And, and part of the, they weren't necessarily giving any better rates mm-hmm. back two years ago, but the idea is that by collecting that data and feeding it into their models, they, they need time to see if it works if yes. those models actually work in reality because the credit score is very well proven and, and they're, they're risk averse, they're going to yes, rely yeah. on, the, on, on that. But it does really help fin files. So mm-hmm. that's people that don't have credit products, that don't have a history of, okay. of paying off debt. Yes. Um, and so for those individuals, you know, most of them are probably good, you know, good investments. They're you know, very employable. They've got very employable skills. They, yes. just, they just haven't used credit before. You yes. know, often because either they're new to the country or they're just young. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, a lot of credit providers don't want to turn away you know a big a big percentage of you of, of potential customers mm-hmm. um but they do have responsibilities on affordability and they need to make sure that they're they're you know checking all the boxes yes. so open banking has been helping in that regard i think i think we'll see an acceleration and that mm-hmm. was one of the benefits over over covid is there was a massive uptake in consumers connecting bank accounts yes for different types of open banking services um, and so there is there is a lot more data around now Yes. and a lot more learnings and so i think we will see you know you know you know, we probably won't notice it's like just the percentages will just widen as far as how many people now can get accepted for for credit products but uh-huh. um probably quite timely with cost of living so um yeah hopefully that works out for some people yeah absolutely and i i think the fintechs or the the uh, lending providers using open banking will hopefully then be able to monitor let's say 
their percentage of uh, non-performing loans or, or you know debt which they forecast not to be repaid in a much more real-time manner now um, with that data I know certainly from the business banking side of things you know um, uh, during COVID the banks didn't necessarily have a real-time view over which businesses were going to be affected whereas if you had that data through open banking you would see you know which businesses have maintained or you know let's say they were a toilet paper company increased the amount of <laughs> revenue they were bringing in um, so yeah very very interesting um, so we've, we've spoken a little bit about the inflationary market and the effect that would have on the um, let's say credit side and, and mortgages side um, are, are you able to talk a little bit about um, how that might affect people going to find uh, and looking for investments yeah we've certainly seen um, I guess uh, um, people looking at different investment options yes um, you know obviously you know it, it was it was very simple <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago on everything was going going up to the right yeah um, but uh, with the collapse of the pound in, in 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 recent recent days, yes, yeah, <laughs> that makes investing in the US mm -hmm. quite risky on your on your, on on your uh, exchange rate exposure. Yes, um, and and obviously the markets now you know have been on downward trend mm -hmm. uh, for, for for a little while, and no one's no one's super confident. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Obviously, crypto has sort of followed suit um, with the on risk kind of assets, and and has, has crashed out a little bit. And how long that's going to be you know crypto winter number two how long that will last for is yeah. is 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 a big question mark and that was one of the go-tos so it's you know um there's a lot of you know buy the dip sort of thing but most people don't time the market so yes. yeah <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> difficult to do so i was dollar cost averaging so I just put a little in it every month uh over over a long period of time and and you, you tend on average to perform better than trying to pick the market unless you're spending an awful lot of time yeah and, and have have a lot of knowledge of of the area that you're investing in yeah um but yeah there's lots of um i guess other investment options commodities you mm -hmm. know as a gold and those sorts of things are obviously always popular when there's there's uncertainty yes um and uh and um and then i guess yeah new new asset classes or alternative investment um things are sort of popping up yeah um, they've I been around for a while but you know there's a lot of interest in them yes yeah i saw that um uh there's a, a company called Mintus, um, which does fractionalized artwork and, you know, Finder has now opened up a page um, for investing in art. I know in, uh, Mintus is the, the only provider on there at the moment, but that, did you see demand from, um, let's say, the audience, um, audiences that you serve um, for alternative asset classes like art, like gold, which has led Finder to start to publish pages? Um, uh, on alternatives, yeah, I think Mintus is a good example of an alternative investment. There's been a few around. There's like whiskey and 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 Mintus with art. Yes, and um, yeah, it's really interesting. No one's going to go and buy a five million, you know, dollar painting themselves. But yes. um, it, I think there's a lot of interest in how you know technology could help, uh, you know, um, democratize investment. Obviously, that was only available to to the you know to the one percenters. Yes. in the past and that's that's been a lot of the movement over the last two years has been you know making making investments open to a wider audience yes um indeed. so and, and, and i guess the way we work is um yeah we're very much audience driven mm -hmm. uh, which is maybe differentiates finder from some other 
um, uh, other sites out there which maybe are more traditionally owned yes. and more traditionally focused on, on you know, just, you know, current accounts and, and in, you know, car insurance products and, you know, very, very traditional yes. where, you know, we do a lot of crypto content. We, we do a lot of alternative finance content now. You yes. know, so, and that's all based on trends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yes. you, know, um, you know, Google will tell us what's trending. Yes. So, you know, you don't need to go far to find out what people are searching for. And I guess it's our job to do the help do the research for them. Mm-hmm. So Indeed. if people are looking for alternate asset classes, well, we're like, oh well, okay. So what are the different options? Yes. How would you compare your options? Yes. You know, you know, should you should you put it into crypto? Or you should put it into U.S. stocks or or FTSE 100 or fine art or whiskey? Yes. Like, you know, what what what's appropriate for 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 you for yourself and for your portfolio? And and you want to you know try some new things out and spread some things out. Um, so yeah, so really interesting space. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you're dealing with a, a, a significant amount of money, then you know, and, and, or significant to you, definitely take some financial, independent financial advice. <laughs> Capital is always at risk with with investments, Indeed. but um, I think we just provide accessible, easy to digest information mm-hmm. about options. Yes, and and then um, you know, our audience, our members can can kind of review that and make their own sort of decisions what's what works for them in terms of you mentioned there are other sites out there as well um but i want to really focus on finder and the traffic that it generates um, and how it serves the uk market so when it comes to your traffic where do you source that from and how do you build it up yeah so i guess we got um uh, i'd say maybe maybe three sources of traffic so um we obviously, you know, my background is in, in digital marketing and, yes. and, and these days that means, you know, Google and Facebook, they own a lot of the internet and, and that's, I guess, the point of origination. Mm-hmm. So when people are on, I mean, YouTube these days as well. So when people are either on Google um, or they're on, on YouTube and they're actually searching to, you know, they're, they're thinking about something and they're trying to research and they're searching, we want to be found. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and we can be found there by the content we produce, which is tens of thousands of pages of reviews and comparisons yeah. and, and analysis. And so, you know, that you'll find that on, on Google or Bing um, organically. Yes. We also produce videos mm-hmm. as well, which is, you know, um, definitely with my kids is a, is, a, is, a, is a preference as far as absorbing you know information yes. in video format rather than reading that's right so you know in and especially with smartphones and stuff it's it's just a, a a massive channel for us so that's really building our own audience yes um and, you know we've got a youtube channel and and um, we've got experts that, that talk about different aspects of, of finance on there uh-huh. um which also links to kind of our written articles and our comparison tools so they all kind of work together okay so so we originate a lot from google and 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 and, and people like that um we build our own audience of subscribers okay. to, to our you know money tips newsletter yes. to our video channel and, and and people will come back to that mm-hmm. um, and then we also have membership on the site as well which is free of course uh-huh. um, where you know you can you know you can get your credit score so if you're interested in, in, in getting a mortgage or credit card or personal loan then you, you need to, to know that so you can do that um, and then there's other you know kind of exclusive member benefits as well that we that we use to to sort of engage and uh, with an audience and build that sort of relationship okay. so we get that repeat um business and then we can tell them about new new products and new new things that are coming along in the marketplace indeed indeed i i hadn't realized that um uh, you know you have a members section as well so definitely okay. something that i've <laughs> learned and i'm sure the audience will have learned as well that we can take away from today great excellent nice. so look john thank you so much for uh providing uh you know all of that overview of uh finder 
um, how you're building trust uh, across the market with consumers, helping them to make difficult decisions. You're also helping fintechs um, to you know access the market by explaining what they do in a, a very um, objective manner uh, uh, and uh, you know simplifying it for consumers so that they're able to choose products that best represent, let's say, um, their personas. Um, are there any tips or takeaways that you'd like to provide um, you know, founders and operators in the market based upon your experience as the CEO of Finder UK or as you know, a, a previous founder? Yeah, I, yeah, maybe maybe I could throw a few out there. Um, I think um, the first one is to to engage and and talk. Yes. So you know, so you don't get to talk to Google, you know, that much. You know, you, they just take the money and send you some clicks. Yes. Um, I think you know, obviously, you know, we work with a lot of providers. We run, you know, um, a, you know, technology driven business ourselves. Yes. So so just talking, mm -hmm. um, catching up, you know, uh, human to human, um, yes. it can be a great way of of exploring well you know we're a publisher this is this is what we need yes your fintech and, and this is your part of this of this of the curve where you are you know what stage you're at yes and what you need um and just having that conversation mm -hmm. um i think is super valuable for both parties and, yes. and just being as as open and as frank you know we've we were you know we've we've been around and we've would have heard it all and worked with companies and you know lots of different um, circumstances you might have a massive VC backer or you might be bootstrapping it you yes. know, with your own money so um, we work with the whole spectrum mm -hmm. um, and so and I, th I think that's that's good to have that um, uh, obviously testing yes is is an important thing as as well um, so yeah just just get get some real-world data yes indeed you know indeed. there's a stage where you have to stop kind of assuming what your model is gonna look like and you just need to get out there and actually get some real-life customers yeah. signed up see if you can get them to come back you know what the metrics look like so i think yeah getting out there and and and, and getting real life campaigns out and testing is is you're gonna learn like 10 times yeah there's only, so, there's only so much you can learn in planning and you That's just need right. to be in market forecasts yeah. you know can be very sophisticated um but uh until you know the market provides its reaction you really don't know uh, uh whether whether it's going to fly or not Exactly, exactly, and be you know be be you know customer focused. Yes, that's you know that's that's the most important thing, especially with fintechs, because a lot of it's word word uh, word of mouth. Yes. So you know you do need to um, you know be um, investing in the product and investing in the user experience. Yeah. And and, and that's how you're going to be able to get that model to work. Yeah, absolutely. The word of mouth um, point really resonates because uh, somebody asked me the other day what Revolut's um, viral uh, factor was. And uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the number, but um, certainly, I think it was. Uh, they they only started doing paid marketing at around three million customers or so, yeah. which yeah. you know is an extremely good viral factor, whatever it was. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely some 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 value proposition that you know, Revolut's good ex good example. There's, there was uh, you know. Um, the product there was a lot of money spent on the product yes which you know i would say is well that's marketing because that was you know millions and millions of dollars of of, of product and and, and yeah. probably fee subsidies yeah which you know was very very smart yeah i think a lot of people came and and followed on and copied that exact model of it you know exchange rate um subsidies it, it, and those it, sorts it, of things it, and it. you know it's a bit like um robin hood and you know and low cost you know uh, trading or free share trading and it's, it's you know it's it's a good it's a good sell yes but indeed. once you've got them in that only gets them in 
That's you right. Know, and and uh, and at that point, you then you then actually have to impress them enough that they're going to tell five people. Mm. You got to mm. got to get this 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 new app or this new 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 service. That's um, right. And and I think you know that works for you know customers that we deliver uh, through Finder is you know we'll we'll access a, a different segment of the market. You yes. Know, um, and but you you want to multiply multiply that investment by mm-hmm. by getting getting referrals and um so i think i think that's sort of it's well understood hard to do yeah it's hard <laughs> to do and and then the uh, the other piece beyond referrals is uh you know um cross selling uh, uh the client across um different products or or you know penetrating them across different services again uh, sounds sounds easy yes i think a lot of time it comes down to relevancy Mm. And, and 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 I think then that's when you know working with we're working with we you know, we work with our audience and we interview Finder members yes. uh, that come back to the website and and find out why they come to Finder what they enjoy mm. what they didn't like and actually talking to the customers in those customer interviews. Yes. I think any fintech that's you know that's a, a, a an awesome source of insight mm-hmm. because you can you can end up in your own bubble and yes. you're talking to yourself um but why not talk to your customers absolutely absolutely <laughs> and uh yeah and you'll you'll be amazed sometimes uh, some of the insights you get from you know uh, a real a real person yes rather agree. than the product team <laughs> that's uh yeah very very true so uh john thank you for those insights um you know number one have conversations with different partners number two be follow the data um uh, you know do tests um uh and be be data driven um and number three really get to know the customer um you know if these are the secrets to find the uk <laughs> success then uh i'm sure everybody uh uh you know should really have a think about them because you you've done a fantastic job of scaling it to where it is thanks lucas appreciate that no worries thank you so much for joining us today thanks for having us <laughs> excellent thanks john